Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from this palatial, anonymous, very specific... It's Shelby Mongan. Shelby, how are you? I'm verklempt. How is this? Okay, well, I'm great, Bill, and not here as you are listening to this, listeners. Please don't try to find us. Okay, yeah, definitely don't go to where we are. Uh, we work there, and it would be very... Unless you have snacks. Yeah. If you have snacks, snacks you good. can find us, yeah. Uh, I'll accept uh, video games or magic cards or comic books. I guess comic books fine. Yeah, comic books are okay. Maybe if they're like, what if they're licensed video game comic books? Ooh, some Turok Dinosaur Hunter comics. Get, that's not where I was going, but okay, I like your idea. I was going to go like Dragon Age or Mass Effect, but nope, your version's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you got a rich story about a guy who hunts dinosaurs. Sure. He's probably mad about something. Dinosaurs, it sounds like. Yeah. That's that's his uh, trademark line, I think. I'm so angry at these dinosaurs. Is that what he sounds like? Yes. It's just, he's just on a murder. He's not hunting, though. Then he's just a serial killer, but for dinosaurs. Can Which I guess hunting is, but if there's like, if there's a purpose of, oh, I'm going to hunt them because they are a pest or I need them for food, I feel like then maybe hunting is a better term. If you are just like murdering out of malice like you're just a murderer he is opposed to overpopulation of dinosaurs any population of dinosaurs overpopulation (laughs) yeah that's his problem yeah he's dinosaur racist it's fine (laughs) so shelby uh you were so kind to come on last week and talk with me about uh anime so thank you very much for that uh as a reward i've invited you back on to talk about uh some things that you actually like uh, hey, uh, Shelby, what you playing? Um, so, yeah, it's Overwatch, Bill. It's, uh, I'm, I come here to talk about Overwatch mostly. I am technically playing something new, which I will mention briefly up top, um, which is the DLC recently released for Borderlands 2 called Commander Lilith and the Fight for Sanctuary. Um, DLC that uh, narratively connects the end of Borderlands 2 to Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale game um, that was released a couple years ago, which is truly phenomenal if you're at all a fan of the uh, franchise of Borderlands, though. Don't tease the listener. You can't buy it. Yeah, you can't buy it anymore. (laughs) Uh, You might be able to, it might still be on iOS. There are probably physical copies out there because I know it was physically released. Go to your GameStop, see if you can throw nickels at them and they'll give you a copy of it. Um, I know you can't get it on Steam anymore, um, but it's a phenomenal game and story. Um, great voice performances by some phenomenal voice actors. Really fun. Um, incredible soundtrack, too. Um, but so the DLC ties the end of Tales um, as well as gives you kind of the canon ending for Tales since it's a Telltale game, which means that there were lots of different ways it could go. Gave you a canon ending, tied it to Borderlands 2, and is meant to lead directly into Borderlands 3. Um, so as someone that's a big fan of the series, I've been a big fan for a long time. I am 
overwhelmed with hype for the new game. It looks so good. I'm so excited. Um, but the DLC exists to sort of transition us thematically into the new game. I'm super stoked. It's going to be great. It looks gorgeous. More loot. Big muscle siren. <laughs> muscle siren. I know it comes slightly before my wedding. And given that I don't have to plan anything about Borderlands 3, and my wedding is the opposite of that, I'm more excited about Borderlands 3 right now. <laughs> um, so I'm playing the playing through the DLC right now. I actually just finished a playthrough of Borderlands 2, the first time I've played through that game in like five years, five or six years. Um so I just finished a playthrough and then rolled right into the DLC and I'm loving it. It's fantastic. Um, but really, I mean, it's Overwatch, right? Like, that's what I'm always playing. I, you know, I, I do ask. I feel like I should ask everyone, but I... It's implied. This is Shelby's Overwatch co- corner. Um, and very excited. I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about. Um, we had a new hero released very recently, Sigma. Um, hmm. He's got feet. He's just... I have to... I have to be confronted with his long his long ass toes and I hate it. Um he has he has exposed feet um for unfortunate stereotypical reasons. Um in a really interesting power set as a tank. I am so excited to get my hands on him and play with him. There's the crazy story of se- of the uh, season three, or not season three, I guess, but stage three of Overwatch League and the drama around the MVP vote. And there's all kinds of stuff to talk about. But the real big thing is Roll Lock, which is a game changer, literally, because it is a game. All right. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, just to recap, like rolls, there's uh, a- attack or DPS, uh, support, tank. And defense. Those are those are the roles. Those were the roles. So they actually lumped defense and attack or the DPS together into so it's damage tank and support. Just the three simple roles um, to take out some of the ambiguity uh, a bit ago. And now there is a lock. So they have locked it into a two 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 meta, which means two supports, two tanks, and two damage dealers. So I mean, a lot of people like would try and uh, spam support or like you get like four support people on one team, right? Yeah. There's so many support players. It's great to be a support player. No, it's the, everyone is DPS. Everyone and their mother is DPS. Um, DPS, by the way, is short for damage per second. Yes. Damage. Uh, So yeah. So it's, the game was kind of designed originally and you can actually tell by a section of the UI in which if you don't have 222, it gives you warnings that you're lacking a good composition. Um, 222 was clearly in the mind, right? So having an evenly split setup was in the mind of designers originally in the game. Um, And they didn't enforce it. They left it open. They actually didn't even enforce um, having only one type of hero per team. So you got ridiculous teams that were stacked and exploiting things in a crazy way. Um, but recently we've run into a couple of different metas or setups in the game that were really heavy defense or really, he- or really heavy damage or really heavy tanks um, that kind of felt like exploits. It made the game harder to balance. It made it less fun to watch in the professional scene. It made it less fun to play just on the day-to-day regular person amateur scene or the latter. Um, and so Roll Lock, though some people are saying, because it... Uh, People are always going to say this, that it's the end of the game. The vast majority of people are over the moon excited about it. Um, it allows people to be ranked by role, which is huge because I am terrible at damage. 
But sometimes I want to play damage, even if it's bad. So it'd be nice to have a rank that I could feel comfortable in, um, really test my merits on the roles that I want to play in. Um, and also secretly, because I'm like a bad person, <laughs> I'm really excited to watch people who are damage mains have to queue for a really long time because there are so many damage mains who refuse to flex in any other role. That was always something that aggravated me when I played is like, the damage player saying we need a healer right with all you mean all five of the damage players saying that we need a healer that would and none yeah. of them changing yeah yeah so i'm excited to see i mean there's definitely some concern people are some people are going to troll they're going to go into a role they're going to go into tanker support and they're only going to damage as one of those tanks and like play them kind of off but it, it really does help to shore up the system and shore up what like how the game functions, it makes takes out a factor. Like it's when you're playing a team game that's based on teamwork with random people, or even people that you know, but you're you're playing this large scale game. Anytime that you can take out a variable that can make the game unfun, you're making a better game. And terrible team compositions really makes the game not fun. And this gets us at least one of the variables of a bad composition. At least it takes that out. And it seems like it's really well regarded from the lowest ranks up to like up to Grandmaster. It's it's huge. We've been asking for this for a long time, and I, I think that they've done a good job executing it. So it is going to be live. Um, they're going to have a beta season in August um, for the live servers moving into the full season in September, and I'm so excited. Does any hero benefit or is any hero harmed by this change, do you think? Um, so some heroes are getting reworked specifically because they were fought. So a hero like Brigitte, who is one of the healers, um, she was really strong, but only if two other supports played with her. She was basically a damage character. <laughs> um, and they have reworked her a lot about her and changed a lot about her to accommodate this. Um, and so I don't know if it's good or bad per se, but it definitely impacts a character like Brig in a way that it doesn't impact some other characters. Um, I do think that it's going to make, um, it's going to force, maybe we'll see, hopefully it'll force a little bit more creativity and, and mixing characters up and hopefully some less used characters. Um, we'll get to see a little bit more often. But it takes some folks who are really, really viable and like in you cannot not have um, Azaria right now if you're playing Goats, which is the tank heavy comp. You can't not have, you know, certain characters. This is going to, I think, mix things up a little bit more. We'll see if everyone plays the same comp <laughs> over and over again, but um, it's, it's going to make a difference. And tonight, as we're recording, is the first... Um, night of stage four of the Overwatch League, which is the first premiere of 222 um, in League. So what we're going to see, I'm actually really curious to see what the distribution of comps are and see if it really does make a difference. I'm excited too. Yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, obviously Overwatch now has been out for three years and <laughs> still going strong. Yeah. Uh, that's really, I'm impressed at how enduring it's been given how some other, you know, you, you think that other Big companies, they have their finger on the pulse. They can uh, figure out how to make a game that lasts, and then they make Artifact. Uh, so, <laughs> Sick burn! 
Oh, super sick burn. You're not wrong, though. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, and I think Blizzard, especially as someone who really loves the lore of the game, I really hope it lasts a long time. But I do think they're in a pretty solid position where they're going to end up having a hero roster, not unlike League of Legends, where they're going to have a really deep hero roster. Um, And I think as long as they keep that up and really keep up the fervor, League seems to be going really well. It's making good money. Um, I get to watch lots of people on Twitter be upset (laughs) that the video games are on their TV, on their ESPN, because they have been playing on ESPN and ABC um, for big games. So, I mean, I think it's poised to do a lot of good work, and I think this is what will help prevent the burnout um, on the game. I was just playing the other night. I got, after 222 was announced... I spent the whole day like totally hyped with all of my online friends talking about how excited we were about this. And I went home that night and I played Overwatch and I ended up grouping up with two dudes that were playing together and we were chatting between games and I was saying like, are you guys excited about 222? And they were super pumped. I was pumped. I was playing in terrible compositions specifically because I was excited about 222 coming eventually, coming like a month and a half later. Um, I, I think it's going to be really, really good for the whole game. It's going to help corral the lower late ranks. It's going to help force some creativity from the higher ranks. And it's just going to make the games better for everyone. I'm really, really excited. So, game changer. Literal game changer because it Literal. is a game. It is a game. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we'll definitely have to check back to see what the actual impact was. Yeah. It's, it's, whew. We'll see. I mean, maybe it's nothing. Hopefully the people that are upset will shut up and get used to it quickly, though. That's my only hope. People get used to stuff. Like They, they pretend they won't, but they always do. This is a thing I can tell you from experience from that other game that you hate. But people always say that game is going to end because things change and then it never does. It and seemingly will not die. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a good it's it's nice to feel excited about that game in a way that I haven't. In a long time so what are you playing well uh i have been sinking a lot of time recently into one game in particular and that is bloodstained ritual of the night that sounds like a game i would have really loved as a 13 year old oh yes it's very it's very much that uh goth horror yes. uh atmosphere to it good now bloodstained uh if you are not familiar there is this whole genre of games that are called Metroidvanias, where uh, they require you to move around this uh, two-dimensional space, but you can't get to some areas because you lack the right ability to navigate there. So you need to like go to the right spot on the map, pick up the power-up so you can go to this other corner and get the power-up there and then move around in that way. And in particular, there are Vanias named after this game, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and there's arguably which is equally god oh yeah let's be honest well they're, they're all like that i mean there's this whole subgenre called igavania which is the uh games that are made by uh, koji igarashi and they include symphony of the night uh castlevania circle of the moon castlevania harmony of dissonance castlevania aria of sorrow castlevania dawn of sorrow castlevania portrait of ruin and castlevania order of ecclesia Castlevania, I lost my eyeliner to my chemical romance concert. La, da, 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 that da, dated da, me very da, specifically, da, I feel like. Do, la, da, 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 as far da, as goth references da, da. are concerned, but that's fine. It's, uh, it's fine. I wasn't going to pick out. I'm already over I it. Wasn't gonna, it's fine. 
I'm more ska than punk or emo anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) Not touching that with a 10-foot pole. (laughs) But I am going to go home and listen to ska now. Okay, good. She has a girlfriend. Just a real big fish in a small pond. So, Bloodstained. uh, (laughs) This is just another one of those Metroidvania games. Uh, You're playing as Miriam. Oh, yeah. So, the big thing here is this was a Kickstarter game, not made by the same company that made all the other Castlevania games. So, it's it, it is very, very, very similar to uh, like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But it doesn't involve Dracula, and it doesn't involve a Belmont trying to slay a Dracula. Instead, you have Miriam, who is a Shardbinder, and she has to defeat Jebel, who looks a lot like uh, Dracula, but isn't Dracula. Sure. Legally distinct from Dracula. Yes. Yes, okay. And... She's there, like, on behalf of the church and has to go in and bust some heads and slay the Black Parade. And while she's doing my, it... The My Chemical Romance album. It's really... It's distinct. <laughs> like, you go awesome. into this room and there's just this one solo piano playing. And the, is it meant to be tongue in Is the game meant to be kind of like a tongue-in-cheek reference to the, to the genre tropes? Or the aesthetic tropes? They are aware of what they are doing. Okay. They know they are trying to make a, a game that's very, very much like those other ones. Like, right, like, mechanically, it works very similar. Like, they, they even uh, have, like, the tips between the loading screens, or on the loading screens, rather. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of them is, like, a thing you could do in Symphony of the Night, where you could, like, cancel out of an attack by doing a back step. Like, it's that specific yeah. in its emulation hmm. that doesn't say it's a bad game it's just it's i think you'd say it's like kind of an uh, a retro style of game at this point oh for sure they just happen to have really polished it up it looks pretty nice okay and uh they've got like all the different like design elements that appeared in older games they show up here so not only do you uh whip enemies but you find a bunch of different weapons and they all have different uh like styles of attack they do different damage different speed uh you can mix them with uh you can craft better versions of them that have more powers by finding items in the environment and then there are shards so every enemy in the game can drop a shard which is a version of their powers that is given to you your character miriam oh cool and they all occupy different, there are five different categories they can occupy. Uh, so one is like passive bonuses. So like you fight the sword monster, you get the sword bonus shard. Mm-hmm. Some are like uh, fighty ones where it's like uh, you're throwing projectiles. So like mm-hmm. you'll fight a guy who has like, um, he shoots arrows at you. So you you whack him, you get the arrow shot. Yeah. And then there will be other ones that are a little more like, uh, eccentric mm-hmm. like there's one enemy fight known as lily bunny okay and you beat her and uh her power is you can turn into her now oh okay that's very efficient as far as powers are concerned yeah um it's so it sounds like it's it's that metroidvania but with a little bit of kind of rpg planning of your kind of like kit and loadout does that sound right yes okay yeah that's right cool. and i that, like that that is something like they introduced in like uh like dawn of sorrow is sure. like so they're they're borrowing from that, but it's still it's a very good uh, mechanic, and uh, I'm glad they have it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure 
I'm sure sometimes they were just like, all right, so what does this monster do? There, there's like 100 monsters in the game. So yeah. a lot of them are just like, you throw a thing. Right. It's not really doing a ton of crazy, unique. There's only so many unique things that you can come up with for them to do. Right. Um. So have you... Are you in the process of beating it? Are you in the process of I've beat it and now I'm perfecting it? Am I? Are you going back? Like, kind of, where are you in the game? I'm beating it. I would say I'm like maybe two thirds to three quarters of the way through, like an initial playthrough. I can see there's a counter. I can see I've co- like covered sixty five percent of the map, oh, nice. and I feel like I've fought a lot of bosses. I've got a lot of like the the standard movement powers you get in these games. Like they're generally the same across them all. I have the double jump. I have the, I can breathe underwater power. Sure. I have the, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Are you going to speed run it? Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, you can, I think, once you know where you're going, you can probably beat the game uh, in under like three hours, I'm guessing. It'd be fun to look for, to see if, because how recent is the game? This game, it like came out a month ago. Oh, okay, cool. I bet that there will be speed runs of it in the near future, though. Oh, yeah. And it'd oh, be yeah. cool to see what those look like. But once you, I feel like once you spend time going through and beating a game just because you're interested in the game and then watching how someone just like, pew, like completely past everything that you're used to doing and just finds the most direct route is always really interesting. Yeah, like... Part of the reason I would not be a speedrunner, which I think we talked about a little yeah. bit, but is like when inevitably with all these games, it's like no one can run. That's not the fastest way of movement. So it'll be like, oh, if I jump and then immediately backdash, that saves 0.1 seconds right. on every <laughs> cycle. Right. So I have to do that for the next hour and a half. And it's like, nope, <laughs> I'm out on that. Right. You can optimize which things you kill in which order. But, like, yeah, at the end of the day, you still have to play through the game. Um, but it's it sounds very cool. It's I have not picked up many Metroidvanias just because it's not the genre I was reared in, I feel like. it's so I, I'm less used to playing them, but it sounds really interesting. I, I Yeah, I, I think they did a good job with it. I think uh, there are moments where the fact that they were probably working on a budget do show up. Uh, <laughs> the one that uh, sticks out to me is... There is a character in your home base who will give you bounties, like go out and slay this monster six times and I'll give you a reward. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when they did it, they have a voice line that gets repeated for every single bounty. And it's like, there'll be, uh, help avenge my brother, Joseph. He died from being being kicked by this dog demon. So kill six dog demons. And at the end uh, of the text, she'll be like, get those murderers dead or kill those savages dead. And always the same line, always the same, same read intonation. Uh, but that doesn't bother me necessarily. They just had a soundboard with one button with the like bounty button. Yes. They just press that over and over again. Now the things that do bother me, and there are two of them, is uh, the, the frame rate on this game is sometimes not good. Okay. There are uh, moments where things kind of slow down. There are moments where uh, you're just like, you enter a room and then you start doing something like you attack an enemy and then the game has to like pause and catch up and like load in like the Ew. next animation. That's hard. That's hard if you're getting into a flow of doing something for sure. Bingo. Yeah. And it's not a deal breaker, but it is, you know, noteworthy and a little annoying. Sure. And then the other one is uh, there have been at least two spots in this game where I have n- or had no idea what to do. Mm. And not a lot of walkthroughs up on game facts. For that, I imagine, because it's newer and smaller. 
Well, luckily, uh, both times I was able to find the answer I needed. Good. Uh, so what happens here is like, you know, in a Metroidvania, that is kind of just a thing that happens. Sometimes you just don't know where to go. So you have sure. to like go around and like attack every wall and see if there's one you can break down or <laughs> just punch walls at random and hope that one of them is a door or something that's, in it. That's kind of a thing you do in this genre. Sure. Yeah. But like even knowing that there are a couple times where I was just like, there was no way I could have figured it out. Like yeah. the first of them, at least there was a clue. Like they give you a little bit of a clue as to what you're supposed to do. Right. The second one, you get nothing. Yeah. You're just, you're just supposed to know to spoil it a little bit. You have to know to kill a specific monster to get their shard. Mm -hmm. And that will allow you to do a thing you couldn't previously do. Yeah. And it's very hard. I like that you said spoiler alert if it, as if that wasn't the premise of the game, which is what it sounds like. <laughs> of killing a monster to get their shard to do a thing you couldn't do before. Well, I, I guess like the distinction is most of the time you fight a boss. Oh, it's just a and random like, monster. Okay. Yeah, this is just like some random monster you hmm. find out in the wild. And you're supposed to just know to like attack that one monster and get the right thing from it. And then you have the power you need to unlock the next area. You just have to remember to punch the right goat. And that goat will give you a key. Pretty much. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Um, it, seem, it seems like it's pretty, all things considered, pretty fun. And you're playing it on stream, right? I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I did play it on uh, my Twitch stream uh, for a couple hours. Got through like the first intro part. Nice. Yeah, it's it's good, and uh, I understand there's more DLC coming to the game, so I'm a little wondering how that's going to work. Right, because is it a narrative you're trying to finish and kill the gerbil? Gerbil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, you, okay. you got it right. You have it right. Got it. Uh, yeah, there is a narrative. Like the narrative's not. I mean, it's that not that important. important. Yeah. But there's the DLC. Will be some probably some extra thing Miriam's going to go do or something. I don't know. It's just like, how do you build that into a like a castle where you've already explored the whole thing? It's a castle. Castle 2, electric boogaloo. Go, yeah. Miriam. Kill gerbil 2. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. In, in the original uh, Symphony of the Night, one of the big moments in the game is you get to what you think is the end. And you beat the final boss. That you, And then there's an upside down castle above the original castle that you have to go explore i hate that so much <laughs> i hate that so in my to my literal bones my bones hurt because of the hatred i feel for that so there's a precedent for uh adding in wacky new areas to explore but for a dlc i just wonder if they can like build a robust enough area to make it worthwhile to go back there in there and explore for sure well at least they have some extra cash flow from the game itself so hopefully if the game is doing well and they also maybe can help with the buffering issues and some of the other stuff. I hope so, yeah. That's awesome. That's all I've been able to get to recently. Uh, before that, I was playing a whole lot of Ratchet and Clank. And <laughs> I think I hit the bottom of the well on Ratchet and Clank, at least until they decide to make another one. Yeah, I don't know if Nostalgia can fund another one of those. They're so good, though. They're really, I, I was really surprised. They're, I remember those being one of the first games that I actually genuinely loved um it's also like that sort of game is so was so informative for the exact sort of game i love today which is that kind of like opener like directed world adventure sort of platformery kind of game absolute favorite also it always had a great sense of humor the weapons were bizarre 
My favorite combo back in the day was the gun that turned enemies into chickens, and then you swapped to the gun that was like a vacuum that you'd suck things up and shoot out with. So you'd turn someone into a chicken, suck him up, and then shoot him at his friend <laughs> as a chicken. Just beautiful. Powerful. Very strong and good and powerful. Um, and you gotta love the, I, I never get sick of the Banjo-Kazooie dynamic of big dude, tiny dude on back. I mean, Ratchet's not big, but he's certainly bigger than Clank is. So That can't be denied. It is, this is very true, so... Yeah, I uh, I love those games. I think I played a little bit of the remaster, but I didn't get very far into it. If you played the original, like that one on the PS2, maybe it's not like as uh, not as welcoming for you. Like I, for me, that was like literally the first one I ever played. So I was oh, like, oh, okay. this is neat. Yeah. yeah, it's been so long since I've played it though that I I know that it's there's stuff that because I remember watching. Um, actually, my fiance played a little bit of it, and so I remember sitting and watching him playing some, and thinking like, oh, I. I kind of remember bits and pieces of this, but not enough that I don't like that. I could just walk through the game without thinking. And I think you're right. Yeah. Like with uh, Insomniac, like they made the Spider-Man game that came out in uh, 2018. So, Oh, that game's so good. And it's just hard to imagine that they're going to be focusing on anything besides the sequel to that sure. for the foreseeable future. Sure. Well, and, and doing, I mean, they, they, they made something that is both, a perfection of a system of systems used in other games and something that feels very different at the same time or just feels singular, not different necessarily, but singular. Um, and for them to sort of go back and retrod old, more old territory feels like a waste. Um, they're clearly doing great work. And that Spider-Man game is so fun and so beautiful. I wanted to see more. I think we will. Lines, ah. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not a betting man, but if you had to uh, pin me down on one bet, I think we'll see a sequel to that I, Spider-Man I think, game. I think you're not wrong. I don't think you're you're wrong. And it is it is nice to have that Spider-Man is having a renaissance where we have good enough, good Marvel movies, amazing animated movies. Like, this is a good time for Spider-Man to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, there, I, I cannot imagine. Also... I do feel like too. They didn't release a bunch of Rat and Ratchet and Clank's remastered as a sync. Like it's not like Crash where they released a bunch of Crash Bandicoot stuff like the trilogy together. Um, I feel like if they're gonna keep remaking stuff, they should have done it as a group. But I was trying to. There was a game I thought was recently announced that I was trying to look up, but I don't remember what it was. So what was it about? I don't know. Bill, I have so few brain cells left. I don't, oh, it was, I'm not even looking at the right voice actor. I'm terrible at my job. My job as a podcaster, you know, as you pay me. Yeah. Um, oh, of course, yeah. I still, uh, I'm concerned that you put the wrong address on my last loyalty check, too. Uh, well, you know, uh, I uh, I stopped by there in person, actually, and I talked to the mail person, and they said they would. Uh, you stopped by my house and talked to the mail person? No, the one of the uh, the other address. Oh, okay. Your, okay. your other house. Mm-hmm. And they said they would have uh, forwarded it for for me, for you. And uh, Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, just, I, I'm surprised. I, I think really that the issue is with the mail. Um, maybe uh, call sure. your local post office. Uh, you know, if the status says delivered, uh, wait till like 24 to 48 hours. And sure. Then give them a call. Do you have like, a tracking number? That oh, I can... uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, 9480... Okay. Uh, zero zero seven one. Uh huh. 
six three how many numbers are wait how many numbers are in the tracking 72 oh uh this is a 71 digit number i'm so sorry okay Uh, i'll have to go home and uh check and see like what the actual number is yeah it's really good that we found um we we worked really hard to mine some bits um between the last episode and this one i was really worried that we were going to be just fresh out you just open the wallet it's gonna be like just a puff of dust comes out it's really yeah i mean we needed to come back with some hard-hitting uh some really quality bits yeah some uh jokes with attitude yes and the jokes no i can't (laughs) i tried i tried uh yeah good video games are good (laughs) yeah uh, i like video games shelby do you like video games i i tend to like them that's good enough for me they are delicious yes yes you consume them it's like all media yes Mm, yum 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 For, for power and strength Mm-hmm. Shelby, uh, I think uh, that brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Please. <laughs> End my suffering. Uh, if you want people to find you, uh, where should they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shelby underscore Fawn. In that case, as for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're So Many Bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at So Many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from Simplecast, from uh, YouTube, from SoundCloud, or stream via Spotify. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Wednesday is for Magic the Gathering Online or MTG Arena. Thursday is for a variety of different games. I, I played Bloodstained on stream recently. It's true, I did it. Uh, Transistor, uh, Trauma Team, Super Mario Kart. Gosh, there are a bunch. But I play there a bunch are so of many games. <laughs> yeah, there's so many bits and so many games. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, check that out when you have the chance. And uh, well, also, lastly, you can find me on nerdlogs.com alongside a bunch of other quality podcasts. So just uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a great summer. That's, I mean, I think that's me in a nutshell. Technically correct, but oh so very wrong. Did you put that on your business card? Yes. I I had LaCroix once today. I will burp for the rest of my life. I used to put on my business cards, tacky and unrefined. It's very good. Wait, that's Hooters. Isn't that Hooters? Is that Hooters? Tacky and unrefined is a slogan hold on i thought it was from clueless how dare you call it tacky well i didn't call clueless tacky it's a quote from the film delightfully tacky yet unrefined is the tagline for hooters so way to go bill (laughs) yeah i try bill i'm a fan of them titties and winks